Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. Hey everybody, this is the Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast and we are in season three and I met a new friend named Leah Drew and she will introduce herself. I'm very glad to have her on here. Um, I think, you know, season one was definitely all about and this wasn't even planned, it just sort of happened. Season one was talking about my journey, weight loss, PCOS, et cetera, very physical stuff. And then season two was like, oh wait, oh wait, Oh wait, there's the mental component. I'm getting off the rails here. Ah, and so now season three will be putting it all together, putting all the pieces together. So when Leah and I connected, I was like, holy cow, I think you would be the perfect person to talk on season three for the first episode. So Leah, introduce yourself, please. Mm, Brooke, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I've loved your energy. And every time we connect, I'm just like, oh, East Coast vibes. Yes. <laughs> um, my name is Leah Drew. I am a holistic health coach and a mind body healing guide. And my intention is to help people step back into themselves, be able to feel like a more empowered self healer and be able to navigate the journey with their physical, their mental and their emotional well-being. A bit more confidently, I'm a big understanding, or I should say I'm a big believer that the Western medical system really disempowers us as to how to support ourselves. And through my own journey, I've learned the importance of not only learning how to support yourself, but being able to discern when to support yourself and when to reach out and ask someone else for help and support. And so a big part of what I do is I help people learn about their bodies. I help them learn about their minds. I help them learn about their, their setbacks and their roadblocks and the things that are really holding them back from being happy, healthy, and just living a more optimal life with their physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Nice, Leah. Uh, before we dive in, because I want to hear more about your journey, because that's what really I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to talk more to you. Tell us, you have, um, tell us about your website and tell us about the special class you have that everybody can tune into and watch and learn more. I would love to share. So my website is leahdrew.com. And I have a free workshop for your listeners to tune into. This is called the Awareness Seeker Workshop. And in this workshop, it's a really great way to really take a step back and become the observer of where you're at in your life. Whether you're doing this at the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year, it's a great way to reflect on what's happened over the last 12 months of your life and how to recognize what it is that you're calling in, the intentions that you're setting, the goals that you're setting. But the most important part of goal setting that I've learned through my own work with myself and my work with my clients is becoming aware of the things 
that are actually holding you back from reaching those goals. So uncovering the limiting the beliefs, the subconscious toxic patterns that are actually preventing you from taking steps forward and from creating change in your life. So the workshop is meant to support you in doing that. And so it's totally free. And I hope you come enjoy and reflect on yourself. I will watch it because I think this is awesome. I've noticed my patterns. I want to become more aware of them. This might be kind of the through line of season three of this podcast without even planning it. Um, and yeah, I everybody's heard about how I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I got very fed up with the Western medical system. They failed me. Uh, many times um i would say more failed than helped me when it comes um to the positive ovarian syndrome so when i heard about leah's journey it really inspired me like hey let's talk some more because you know on a grand scheme of things i don't want to like equate but positive ovarian syndrome it sucks it's shitty but leah i think you had a tumor that you cured yourself and you cured yourself. I think this is much more, I'm like literally holding my hands right now. Like I'm holding the tumor. I don't, you know, and I don't mean to make fun. I, I know you know where I'm coming no, from. No, not this at is, all. This is pretty intense. So talk to us about your journey and how you became to, um, became to become, how you came to become a healer. Absolutely. I would love to share. And yeah, it's been really, really beautiful learning about your journey and listening in because when you move through something really challenging like that, especially when you're navigating the Western medical system, you start to learn that the best place to find answers is actually within yourself. And yeah. that's a theme that I've learned over the years of starting with my actual physical health and learning that I was the one that knew best what I needed and how to best support myself. And then I started applying that down the road as I started diving deeper into my inner work, looking at the mental, the emotional components, the energetic components. But one thing I do want to just touch on really quick is the fact that our Western medical system was built for acute care. It was not built for chronic care. And we are really challenged and we are really suffering in my opinion as a society when it comes to working with chronic disease symptoms and chronic disease mental health challenges because we aren't taking a holistic approach and it's not the fault of the doctors it's in my opinion the fault of the education system which yes. when we follow the breadcrumbs we know who funds that so yep. a big a big thing that i hope to to share with you and influence and to inspire in you today is to really look within yourself at you, the, your listeners here is to really understand your mind, your body, like dive into you because the only person that's ever going to have the right answers is going to be you. You are always the one that knows best. You can take what the doctor says. You can take what your team and your practitioners offer and you get to discern, is that the right way for me? Does that feel good? Is that aligned. Um, and for me, diving into this, I was 16 years old when I found out I had a pancreatic tumor the size of an orange. Oh. Oh. And I suffered for so many years, kind of like with PCOS, like there's so much suffering. I'm sure that you've navigated in this journey and you complain and you talk about it and you still don't end up <laughs> having anything done about it. You're like, okay, cool. And for years growing up, I had all of these symptoms, all of these challenges that no one could seem to figure out. I went to all these specialists at one of the best hospitals in the world. 
and no one could seem to understand why this was happening. Fast forward to age 16. It was Halloween night. I was at UMass Amherst partying up at a college and the pancreatic tumor that no one knew was there started bleeding. And it was one of the most excruciating experiences I have ever had. I've broken bones. Like it's like I was hired to do it. Not, not, not proud of that. Um, but there, there is something very unique about internal bleeding where your body just straight up is like, this is not meant to be happening. Um, Mm -hmm. sound the alarms. And so I ended up having major abdominal surgery, like a week later, having the tumor removed. And over time, I started to understand the impact that this surgery had on me for the long term. And the doctors didn't tell me they they didn't know it wasn't their fault. They had no idea what to tell me was going to happen after the fact. Again, acute care. And mm-hmm. over the years, I started developing severe chronic pain, severe anxiety and depression. My mental health was just flying out the window. And I I could not find the help that I needed. I herniated three discs in my lumbar spine, ended up moving through the physical body first because I was in so much pain. And that's really the thing that your body prioritizes first, right? It's the physical symptoms, the physical experience of pain. So I dove into learning how to rehab my own body. I dove into functional movement. I dove into nervous system hacking. I dove into uh, kinesiology, like doing everything I could to try to understand the nervous system and how to help shift it. Mm -hmm. And once I started getting deep into the rabbit hole with the physical body, I started to learn that your muscles, your bones, like all of the physical experience that you're having is the last domino in the chain of dominoes because Mm -hmm. your emotions, your energy, your trauma, your mindset, your mental health, all of these things come before the experience of physical pain and influence how pain is perceived in the body. And so that's when I started diving a lot deeper into my inner work and into my childhood trauma, into my ancestral trauma, into Mm -hmm. understanding epigenetics and the study of your environment and how your environment plays a role on genetic expression and on what you're feeling and sensing in your body. So it's been a long journey for me of taking one step at a time Um, it's actually reflecting earlier on, you know, the time in my life where I had to eat really, really strictly as to not make my inflammation worse. And I know that you deeply understand that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and now being in a place where, you know, I may or may not have drank in a full bottle of wine the other night (laughs) and I woke up the next day and I was like, wow, this doesn't lead me to be in severe pain the next day like it used to. And I don't drink often. It's Alcohol is not really my thing. But um, yeah, so it's beautiful what I've learned along this journey of having to go within myself and find the answers. Um, and that's the message that I love to share with people in my world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leah, let's talk about, um, you know, this trauma, this, this word trauma has really like become a thing. Like I had a therapist this time last year, we were really talking about like childhood trauma. And I mean, I, I can understand 
how there's like a a physical and emotional connection of a certain physical trauma or emotional trauma. You know, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So can you talk a little bit about how past traumas can affect your mental and your physical health or like a physical trauma can create an emotional trauma or an emotional trauma can create a physical trauma or talk more about that domino effect. And if you hear me, hear me or see me touching my legs, I'm just going to pick them up. My dog, Archer. I am not recording in the actual voiceover closet. I'm recording in the kitchen and he wants some attention. So we're going to sit him on my lap and he's like the therapy dog. So he, like when he hears people talking about medical stuff, um, he wants to be nearby. So Ooh, tell me more. He, he wants to, he wants to talk. He's like, he, he has a British accent. He's like, Lee, I want to talk about my childhood trauma. He's got, he's a rescue dog. So he's got a lot of trauma, but anyways, mm-hmm. um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, and if you, if this makes it easier, like you, obviously your physical trauma, I had again, not nearly as much of a trauma, but I was watching unsolved mysteries when I was a kid and we were in our house. We had a cabin, like a cabin, like a, a house that looked like a cabin in North Carolina. And I slipped and fell because unsolved mysteries scared me. And I fell and I landed on my tailbone And ever since I've had back issues, I've recovered and healed myself from that. But I know back issues can correlate with fear. And I once had an acting coach that said back issues are all in your head. I don't know that I completely believe that. But if you want to use that as an example or use some of your own, you know, um, other anonymous clients examples or your own example about the past traumas and how like let's let's deal with those unresolved traumas, because I know I probably still have a, a million, you know. Don't we all? And that's the thing is like, we are all carrying this backpack and that backpack is full of bricks. It's full of bricks from this life. It's full of bricks mm-hmm. from the life of your mother, your grandmother, your your dad, your grandfather, right? Like all of these experiences play a role in the expression of your current self in today's environment. And there's a couple of different ways that we can kind of go into discussing trauma. I think first, what would be great is understanding how trauma influences the the brain itself. And the trauma, trauma in general plays a big role on how you can remember things, on your ability to feel grounded. It actually changes different areas of your brain. There's many different areas of the brain that it changes, Um, but it influences the way that you can actually function in today's world. And oftentimes it leads to that experience of anxiety, um, depression, some of these feelings that we don't often love, um, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's the trauma that you experience in your past life, right? And then there's a trauma that you experience in your present life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just for the sake of this conversation, when I say past lives, I'm just going to refer to the lives of your mom, your grandmother, your, mm-hmm. your great, great grandmother, because when we look at trauma, it's really important to go three generations back. And the reason for that is because of epigenetics and the epigenetics, again, is the study of your environment, how it influences your genes and your genetic expression. Yes, I'm sure you've probably heard people say, oh, it's just genetic. Well, that is, yes, that is a part of it. But science shows us that epigenetics play a bigger role in what your genes actually do than the actual handing down of the genes itself. So can you define epigenetics? I'm sorry if you were just fixing to, but can you define it again? Yeah. So epigenetics is the study of your environment and how your environment 
influences your genetic expression. So your environment could be anything from the people in your life. It could be your job. It could be the products that you're putting on your skin and in your hair. It could be, mm -hmm. um, it could be the food you're putting in your body. All of those aspects of the environment play a role. Your again, your mindset, all of those things as well, play a role in whether the light switch gets turned on or off, whether the gene gets expressed or it does not. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge emerging field of science and it is teaching us so, so much. Um, Bruce Lipton is a huge, a really a well-known individual um, who has been studying epigenetics and who has helped us understand the impact that it has on our lives and on our genes. So when, let's say your, your mom experienced this really traumatic thing in her life mm -hmm. and that led her to have certain beliefs that led her to um, develop certain patterns that led her to act in a certain way. And oftentimes that's out of self-preservation. We want to protect ourselves and the nervous system is always doing everything that it possibly can as to prevent ourselves from re-experiencing that same pain. Word. And as that happens, her environment, right, her thoughts, her habits, the way that she talks, the way that she acts, all of these things start to influence her genetics and how her genetics are expressed. It also will lead to the way that she parents and the way that she raises you as a mother. Mm -hmm. And so that now starts to play a role in your own personal experience of how you show up in the world because you've learned these things from your mother, mm -hmm. right, based on the way that she shows up, the way that she parents, and you also have received her set of genes. Word. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of healing is looking at what's happened in generations past so that you can start to understand how the things that are happening in your present life right now and the environment around you may be influencing those genes to continue to express, to continue mm -hmm. to have those fears that might not actually be your fear. It might actually be the fear that your mother originally had. Mm -hmm. might be the fear that your great-grandmother originally had. Mm -hmm. And the thing about this is the way that your genes express are going to play a role in your physiology, in the way that your cells act, in the way that they function, in the way that your organs can actually support you. Um, it plays a role in all of these things, right? And then we have the emotional piece, right? Based off of whatever challenges we're facing, we have the emotional component, which also influences our physiology, right? And so if there was a traumatic experience that happened, let's say a traumatic experience that happened in this present life, it likely is going to be a trigger for you. Things might happen. Right. Let's say, for example, like you were dating someone and they left you and I'm taking my own self here. You're dating someone, <laughs> they left you for another woman. And now you have this remembrance of the pain of someone leaving mm -hmm. you. And so now you set up these walls so that you don't enter into another relationship there that could lead you to be so open, that could lead you to be so vulnerable, that could lead you to actually feel that same pain again. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're now actually restricting and resisting these experiences in life, which are going to bring up particular emotions. If someone comes in and you start dating someone, it might start to poke those walls that you put up and bring up these emotional experiences, which then lead you and your cells and your physiology to start to function in particular ways because emotions are energy in motion.
And so trauma influences the body in so many different ways, right? It influences the brain. It influences the way that you act, express, react, respond. It influences the walls that you put up to protect yourself. And it influences the emotional experience that you have. And so that's what we're looking at for the emotional level. I also want to address trauma on the physical level. Mm -hmm. So you brought up this experience of falling, hitting your tailbone, and your body still experiences a sensation of pain. Mm -hmm. And the thing about your nervous system is that it literally remembers everything. And one of the most incredible things that I learned going through my journey into body work was how much scars play a role in the body's remembrance of the past. Mm -hmm. And so when you fall and you hit your tailbone, your body remembers this hard impact. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever fall again, it oftentimes can be this reminder to the body of this really intense experience of pain or injury that you had in the past, which then leads your body to guard and protect. And so through that protection and that guarding, you might start to take on compensatory patterns. You might start to walk differently. You might start yeah. to stand differently. Mm -hmm. And over time, that leads to chronic discomfort because you're not actually using the muscles that you're meant to, that are meant to stabilize you and mm -hmm. functionally support you. You're using muscles that are actually now being used to protect you. Right. And so when you're working with the physical body and when you're working with scars in the nervous system, part of the journey is retraining the body to go back and to feel safe using the, the original way of functioning. And this is not just for the physical body, but applies to the mental and emotional body as well. When you're going deeper into your inner work, the, the work is bringing tools and bringing a sense of safety into the past experiences that caused you stress, that caused you pain, that caused you emotional dysregulation. And so same thing with the scar or with the fall or with the injury. Like if you were walking down the road and you fell off the sidewalk and you twisted your ankle, your body remembers that. And mm -hmm. so if you ever are walking super close to the edge of a sidewalk again, it might be a trigger for you that now all of a sudden your ankle starts to hurt again. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go back to the old pattern and bring a sense of safety and remind the body that you don't have to keep protecting. You can go back and you can use that original road so that we can function in a healthy manner. Mm -hmm. So could you tell yourself maybe like an affirmation, like, Say, you know, say I went back and we, we no longer have the house, but say I'm up on that ladder that I fell from in the loft. And I remember, I still remember the sense of my feet getting sweaty, et cetera. Say I had to go back on there. And, and now, ironically, I'm totally fine on ladders, which I guess is a good thing. Um, but say I, I tensed up or something. Would, would I say an affirmation to myself? Is it beyond just an affirmation? Is it like just feeling a connection from the grounds up? Like, what would you recommend to somebody who's walking down that street again, who's walking up that ladder, et cetera? That's a great question. Um, an affirmation can be supportive. And there's work that gets to be done underneath that affirmation so that the affirmation is now just an anchor and not the thing that you're trying to elicit the change with. And so what I mean uh -huh. by that is... It's important to process somatically the 
things that your body remembers and the things that your body feels to clear them so that you're able to move that through and then anchor in with the new affirmation because you actually know it to be true, right? Um, And so one of the things that I do with my clients, if we're working around a really stressful, traumatic, um, emotional situation, we use a modality called story work. And through this modality, what we do is we actually go back through the experience. We go through the story. We talk about it. They write it. They read it. We bring, bring breath to it. Sometimes we bring movement to it to help the body process it because that's so important. You can just try to think differently and use an affirmation to just like, I'm just going to think this from now on. But if that memory is still living in your body, your brain is going to continue to go back to those emotions, to those memories and still be stuck in that pattern. You have to Mm -hmm. process it somatically, clear it, and then adopt a new way of understanding and being and thinking so that you're not just like putting a rug over the dust on the floor, right? Right. You're clearing the dust and then you're rolling the rug back out onto the floor. Mm -hmm. I like that analogy. There was a, um, a healer and she passed away and I loved her, Debbie Ford. And she used to say, you can't put ice cream on top of poop. And that was a really blunt way of putting it. I like your analogy. I love love Debbie Ford. I like that analogy, but I like yours better because I can really see, I have hardwood floors and fuzzy dogs. So I can really see the dust on the floor and the rugs and you can't, you're right. You can't do that. And now you mentioned somatic healing and I was talking with one of my friends. Um, they also listened to the podcast, uh, Logan about somatic somatic healing. Can you talk, I know we could talk all day, probably for 24 hours about somatic healing, but you mentioned somatic healing. Can you define that? Cause you're doing such a, like doing such a great job. I don't, I don't mean just that. I mean, like you're like a plethora of knowledge and to me, you're super relatable, easy to talk to. So can you break down somatic healing for people to understand like in lay, layman's terms? Yes. So somatic healing is a way to Connect with the things that your physical body is experiencing. And some common somatic healing practices might be dance. It might be shaking. It might be toning and singing. It might be humming. These different ways to connect with the actual sensation in your body that your body's holding onto so that you can now process and move that energy and that experience, right? Mm -hmm. For example, you can sit here and you can just talk to me all day long about an experience that you had in the past. But if you're still holding on to your to the fear in your body and when you talk about it, you your your stomach starts to churn or your mind starts to chatter, right? Or you start to maybe find yourself like crossing your arms. Mm-hmm. That's a sign that your body is phys- somatically responding to the experience. And so mm-hmm. Part of somatic practices is tapping into the body. It's connecting the mind and the body and processing so that you're moving it out of the physical body and so that your body's not holding onto it. It's kind of like taking a brick out of that backpack and like tossing it over to the side, you know, Um, and not actually continuing to carry it. And Mm -hmm. so that's that's pretty much what somatic healing is. Um, there's so many different ways to do this now. There's breath work. There is uh, tapping, which is really yeah. popular these days and, and super incredible, um, right? There's moving, there's dancing, there's shaking. There's so many ways to to use somatic therapies to help with the healing process. Word. 
And uh, many of my listeners I know are artists in some shape or form, movers and shakers, literally. So I'm thinking of somatic, somatic shaking. So I think people can really relate to this on a physical level. And y'all, I'm not just saying this in order to, you know, give publicity to Leah, but I am, but yes, I am. But I will say something about talk therapy. I was doing a lot of talk therapy and I'm not knocking talk therapy. I'm knocking talk therapy for someone like me. I did talk therapy and I was paying, you know, I, I tried, tested the waters. I think we heard in a podcast about a year ago, testing the waters, speed dating with some different therapists. And it was great in the sense that some of them did give me some good tips from the physical. Like one of them was like, you got to walk more, got to like lose that cortisol. That was good. You got to walk more. Okay. Thank you. And then one said, Brooke, you know, you need to not feel it in your physical body so much. You cannot, anxiety cannot exist in a calm body. So I've been working on releasing my jaw, et cetera. Those are great tips. However, we talked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's like, I felt like we could like, I don't like to use this expression, but I will. You could beat a dead horse. Oh God, I cannot stand that expression. But you could just keep talking to death about something. But unless you really work through that, how are you going to get there? And Leah is the type of person who helps you holistically on multiple levels. Because it seems like with talk therapy, that's great. But unless you get a really, really, really good therapist to really marry all the, the different aspects together... I was lucky that I was able to connect the dots from the different therapists and with my own acting training, but having somebody like Leah who can help you on these different levels, in my humble opinion, is much better, gosh, better. I'm again, I'm not knocking talk therapy, but yeah, I'll say it bluntly. It's better than talk therapy alone because you're getting the best of all the worlds. So Leah, I'm going to have you say your website one more time. And again, I'm I'm not, I don't want to try to like say a positive with a negative, but I'm trying to compare and contrast, you know, but tell tell us your website again. Yeah. My website is leahdrew.com. And just like you're saying, you know, it's a broader perspective. It's the ability to look at these four pillars, right? The physical, the mental, the emotional, and the energetic, and Mm -hmm. really get to the roots of each one so that you know the you know, everything from the food, the supplementation, the way that you're moving, mm-hmm. the thoughts that are happening in your head, the emotions that are coming up, learning how to move them. It's it's taking tools and applying them to your life because things are always going to happen. Like stressful things are going to happen in life. You're always going to be handed unknown and often unpleasant experiences. Those aren't mm-hmm. going away. And no matter how much work you do on yourself, no matter how much work you do, you you're, you're still going to have them happen. And so in my opinion, doing the inner work allows you to gather all these tools so that you can more confidently support yourself. Yes. Talking is great. And talking is one way. It's just one one way to process. Yes. And that's the right way to put it, Leah, instead of me being like, but yes, it's one way. It's wonderful to do it multiple ways, you know, in one may, one may, one way might work for one person, a different way might work for a certain little dog. Who's right here. Like different ways work for different people. Um, and this morning, even I was driving, um, to drop my car, my, my mom's car off at the mechanic and this guy, and it's like a a two way street and you can't pass around the other person. This guy literally wanted to get ahead of ahead of me. So he passed me and I was like so mad and I felt it in my stomach. I literally felt stomach acids churning and my jaw tightening. And I said, no, Brooke, we're not doing this shit today. 
And I said, let's just rethink, let's re, re redirect it. You know, and it's like, I didn't have to say, Oh, care bear stare and think of something completely positive, but I was aware of my body. Um, and I also said, let's not go down that route. Cause sometimes when somebody does something unjust to me, it reminds me of like that bully, you know, that bully back in the day, I'm sure many of us had bullies and it's like that same feeling came up. So when you were talking just now, I was like, oh yeah, it wasn't just, you know, the stomach acids boiling. It reminded me of a past experience, perhaps even a past experience in the ancestral line that came up. It's like, let it go. Could there have been a better way, Leah, like other than me saying, no, Brooke, just this is what's happening and let it go. And again, I didn't turn it to some, you know, like happy-go-lucky toxic, you know, positivity thing. If you're in that instance, say you're driving and you get ugh, tense about something, what's like maybe something simple that you would recommend to one of your clients to do? Yeah. Well, I want to bring awareness first and honor you for the awareness that you brought to the experience, <laughs> right? That's the first step is like being able to realize when all of a sudden you're no longer regulated and when your body is feeling it. And the fact that you felt it in your body, that's what I'm talking about, that mind-body connection, right? You remembered and it triggered something from the past and your body is now expressing it in this form of tension in the jaw. And so to answer your question, something that I I love to do is I love to harness my size and my breath and thinking about using my size and my breath out that exhale as a way to move energy out of my body. And so in a circumstance like that, where you're driving, you're finding yourself feeling really stressed and all of a sudden upregulated, taking that deep breath <sighs> and just like letting yourself make noise, letting the sigh come out. Um, sometimes I'll use like that breath of fire, like you're a dragon, yeah. like, <laughs> yes. And Rita, Rita Savoy, a, 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 a breathing coach was just on an episode where she talked about the breath of fire. So it's, oh, you're so right. And I don't know if you noticed, but we just took a breath together. Archer, <laughs> the Pomeranian Dotson over here, he took an exhale, like a yawn when we did, is that not energy or what? That's well, that's what happens is when you regulate yourself, everyone around you gets more regulated. Like, and that's the whole, the whole power that lies in diving into your inner work and choosing to work on yourself. Because whether you are a partner, whether you're a mother, whether you're a grandfather, like whatever you are, by you choosing to do the work that's going to help bring a, a sense of groundedness to your life, a sense of greater love, a sense of better communication, like happiness, joy. When you can regulate yourself and experience all these things in your world, everybody else gets to feel and experience it too. And you then become a leader and helping this world become a more beautiful place by choosing to opt into your healing. And by going deeper within yourself. And just like you're saying, like if you're ever in a room or in a space where you notice someone is like really tense, like that, that loud, like breath and like that accentuated breath, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. like it reminds people to breathe. Yeah. Sometimes when I go home, I like, I sigh a lot. It's just, I like to. And you know, people are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. 
You know, it's funny. I was down in Louisiana and my aunt is a former dental hygienist and she still has her like tools and she was cleaning my teeth and I, I have a lot of dental trauma. That's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. And she's cleaning my teeth and I'm breathing like Ujjayi breathing. Right. And to calm myself. And my aunt's like, Brooke, you can stop hyperventilating. It's not that bad. And it was so funny because I'm like, nanny, I'm just, I'm doing my healing breath, you know? So it's funny because a lot of people aren't doing the breathing techniques and I don't care if somebody else like in line or somebody wherever I am hears it. I know you probably don't as well because it's, it's releasing, like it's, it's healing. You got to do what you got to do. Like if you got to take a deep breath, yawn, sigh, hum, whatever it is, you shake know? it out. Shake. I, I like that shake. Yeah. Archer's <laughs> Archer, the, the little doggy, I'm going to put him down. Cause he's starting to, you know, he's healing. He's feeling that like we're cool. So he's cool. And he's going to get down now so he's, Lita, so cute. he's a little fluff did i do you have a dachshund do you have a dachshund do you have a dog? yes so i grew up with dachshunds my whole life ah. and the the my first dachshund that i had in my life she's she's still alive she's oh thank god oh she i think we, i got her in high school maybe a little bit before that and she's 17 now god bless her wow yeah. so she's in is she in massachusetts Yes, she lives with my mom because nice. we now can just we can't separate all the dogs. Exactly. Now. I believe me, I know how that goes. Yeah. Once you have one, you have to have more than one dachshund. Right. And then you end up like my mom, who's got like three dachshunds that are yeah. just like ridiculously adorable. But anyways, I how they're so much like love bugs, like Archer. Mm -hmm. So we've almost always had Pomeranians, like and just like rescue Pomeranians, and we're like they reached out to us. They're like, Hey, do you want to adopt Archer? We're like, we love Archer. And when we got to him in person, I was like, mom, I think he's part palm, part long hair Dotson, just because of his like stature and everything. And if you Google like a, a Domeranian, that's what he is. You get Archer and his lovability, like not saying Pomeranians aren't lovable, but certain things of his personality are so Dotson, Dotson. and you say it correctly. I can't say Dotsons, but you <laughs> said it correctly. I always just say like Dotson with a T, but that's not how you pronounce it. But anyways, I saw that on your website. I was like, wait, I have to ask Lee, does she have a Dotson? Because now we're huge fans of Dotsons as well, because Archer's like, you know, hello, I'm part Dotson. You gotta, you gotta love us. So He's one of our, the first half Dotson we've ever owned. So I think that's oh, I a, love it. a funny connection. I'm a crazy dog person here. Yeah. Uh, Dachshunds are very loving and very loyal. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. Again, I haven't known many Dachshunds. And everybody's just always like the cute little hot dog dog. But I didn't realize their loyalty is mind blowing. Like his connection with my mom, with me, with my boyfriend is very profound. And I know you could probably mm. relate with you and your mom's dogs as well. Totally. Oh. Yeah. So that's my do dog people. I'm looking at time only because I want to be respectful of your time. You have generously donated your time to, you know, help our listeners provide some information. And your website again is leahdrew.com. Leahdrew.com. I can toss you the link. And the, it's me. Yeah, the link is going to be in the comments, um, all over Instagram, all over YouTube, leahdrew.com, just like it sounds. We're going to do what we like. We're going to end up with um, the, what, what do I call this specifically? Oh, speaking of breath of fire, rapid fire fatness. That's fat with the pH. And we're going to learn a little bit more of Leah, like the kind of questions and things I like to talk about randomly on the podcast. We're going to ask Leah, like we're going to condense it in a nutshell. So Leah, do you have like a favorite childhood memory associated with food? 
And if so, what is it? The first thing that comes to my mind is lobsters. Ooh, lobster. <laughs> yeah, like being on Cape Cod and and getting like all the lobsters and eating all the lobsters and like the just the whole group of people that we were vacation with. That's my favorite, apparently, the memory that's coming to me at the moment. I love that. And you know what's funny? Because Louisiana, crawfish, and I have a lobster trivet over there. My aunt thinks it's a crawfish, but it's a lobster trivet. And it's just so funny that like the different parts of like this, this world, this country, we have crawfish, you have lobster, but there's a similar connection around food. So I love that. I want to go to Cape Cod one day. I love that. And I, I know you're very, you know, we use the term health and wellness broadly here. I know you are a healthy eater. You eat for your body in order to fuel it. However, put all that aside, because for a second, let's talk about a quote unquote guilty pleasure. And we all know I don't like that word, but a guilty pleasure food or a food that is a little like extra that you love. Ice cream, all the ice way cream. ice cream. It's what, even what? better. Uh -huh. Oh man. I switch, I switch it around, but oh. I tend to be like the caramel, like snickerdoodle. Yeah, you sound like you sound like a similar palate to my boyfriend. Yeah, he likes all like the cinnamon and caramel, pecan, that kind of vibe. But what were you saying? It's even better. Oh, I was just gonna say totally ice cream, but it's even better when somebody else spoon feeds it to you. Like that. That's my thing. Oh, yeah, girl, get it. I love it. That's fat, y'all. Pretty hot and tempting. But yeah. so that, going back to the terminology, guilty, pleasure, and I'm talking like a robot because these are terms that have been fed to us by diet culture. And sometimes I don't know a better word. Y'all know what I mean here. What's your favorite healthy food or a favorite food that you eat every day? Like everybody knows I'm kind of obsessed with kale and garlic. What are some of your favorite healthy foods? I... I'm a huge grape fan. Like I just love Grape? grapes. Yeah. yeah like, fruit in general is amazing. I love all fruit. Um, but grapes are grapes are just where it's at for me. Green or red? Or I'm a I'm a red, I'm a red fan. Yeah, same. I used to be more of a green person because my mom never liked red, and now I'm like red. Yeah. Like I've been having some <laughs> really good red grapes lately. That's that's great. And Leah, I know you probably have a lot of them, but what is like one of your favorite or that you come back to like a healthy lifestyle mantra? Ooh, a mantra. <laughs> surrender, <laughs> trust, surrender, trust the process. Surrender word. Yeah. And it's like, that's, it sounds so simple and yet it's, it's something we all need to constantly, constantly tell ourselves, myself included. And when you're in it and when it's going down in your life, surrender, trust the process. Yeah, word. Especially when shit gets really real, you know? When that's shit gets really real, you need that reminder. Yeah, amen to that. And now, Leah, this question might put you on the spot, but it's, do you remember, like, was there a moment or a series of moments when you, like, really felt like you found your inner fat girl and that's pretty hot and tempting girl like something that made you feel really empowered or just really good about yourself or like yeah I'm owning myself I'm owning myself in my body mm. I have two moments that are coming up for me the first one is when I started using my voice again and when I started singing ah yep I used to sing all the time as a little girl and uh, totally forgot my parents divorced and I stopped singing. And then a couple of years back, a really, really good friend of mine now at the time she wasn't, she shoved a microphone in my face and said, it's your turn to rap. 
Oh. And she wasn't a good friend then. Like, so she wasn't a good friend when she shoved the microphone in your face. We weren't friends then. I admired this woman so much. I was like, I couldn't tell if I was like attracted to her and into her. I was just like, oh my God, I want to be you because you're just fantastic. Right. Um, and uh, and then yeah, down the line, we ended up connecting about a year and a half later, and now we're best friends. And nice. so that was definitely one of them. Um, and then more recently I had a, a pretty wild, this is going to be a little drop at the end here, pretty wild experience with psychedelics that really just dropped me into my power. I was at a festival. I was at Aubrey Marcus's Arcadia festival and I walked into the bathroom with my friend cause I was having a really difficult time, like just finding my power and being in my power after I was having a, a difficult time moving through some of the psychedelics and I looked in the mirror and 25 women in this bathroom came up to me as I'm staring at myself in the mirror and started just like giving me all these affirmations and just like telling me how beautiful and how strong and how amazing my outfit was and my body and my booty and all these things. And I just had this like, oh, I just like became this like, like dragon warrior goddess in the mirror. And I just like, Something about that day just like sparked a flame in me that has not left me since. Heck yeah, girl. And when, and when was this? When, this when, was when? a couple of months ago. This was actually two months ago. So, so I'm fairly to, recent. So was this October? This was the very beginning of September. So, okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if there was something going on moon wise or energetically or you channeled something and that's what's most important, whether whatever was going on with the moon, that's, that's pretty cool. There's so I can feel that you're describing it. I can feel it. See, like speaking of like somatic, this is wonderful. Leah, I feel like we have so many more tales we could and should tell and we can, and we will. You've been wonderful. I want you to remind people one more time about the class that you have, because I will definitely tune in. You can tune in after the fact y'all, because you will be hearing this episode after the class actually drops and then you will be able to access it on your own schedule. So Leah, <clears throat> tell us about that. Yeah. So the awareness seeker workshop, it is free. I would love for you to join. It's here to help you just bring some celebration to all the things that you've navigated over the last year of your life. Take a look at what your goals are and what your intentions are moving forward over the next year and bring awareness to the patterns and to maybe the toxic beliefs that are actually holding you back from achieving those goals. And when you can shine a light on them, you can more successfully reach those goals. That's right. Let's clear those toxins literally and figuratively. I will be watching because that's why I'm, I'm unearthing. I'm unearthing. So I really am glad the universe connected us. You've been wonderful. And thank you so much, Leah. And I was about to say, your, your, I'm saying your last name, Leah Drew, because that's how you are on the screen, but also for the website, leahdrew.com. But thank you, Leah. Thank you, Brooke. It was such a pleasure. And I really no, enjoyed no, chatting no. with you. Yes. And it's so funny because most of the interviews we've done, we've all, we t just tend to end in namaste hands, which is, which is great because that's, we're health, wellness, healing, all that. Yay. All the Thank things. You. All the Thank things. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So, 
If you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event. Please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at brookhoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O. They're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.